Welcome to another edition of From the Frontlines, how real estate managers are addressing COVID-19. Our topic today is touchless access systems. I'm here with James Scott of the MIT Real Estate Innovation Lab and the innovator in residence at IRAM. James, what exactly are touchless access systems and how are they used? The touchless access systems or keyless entry systems are quite simply uh, systems which are accessed without the requirement of, of touching, let's say, a doorway or the, the need for a key. Um, these systems, they, they're generally booked into three different types. Those three types are biometric systems or card-based systems, and then with the third one being remote access systems. And we can, we can outline each one of those as, as, as we move forward. But it's also worth noting that in addition to offering sort of a, an enhanced and healthier end user experience, uh, they also, I mean, these systems also enhance the security of a premise, a premise uh, using, you know, very um, different types of systems within themselves. The, these systems, you know, besides their primary application for granting access, they can be used uh, for identity management and for time and uh, attendance management as well. So, uh, circling back I mean, to what these systems are, I'll just give a quick kind of short overview of, of each type of system. And we can start on, on biometrics. So, what they are, I mean, if you think of it um, an access or can control, credentials can really be organized into three buckets again, which are you either uh, something you have, which is you know a key card, or something you know, which is a generally like a pin code, or something you are. And biometric credentials, they fall under the last category, so they include like data, like fingerprints or, or your voice. And biometric readers, you know, they can the price range from them can range from you know much cheaper end uh, at one end of the spectrum to very very high end multi input readers. However, when it comes to biometric reading. A lot of employers uh, over the last few years, they, they, they've not really felt comfortable a lot of the time using biometrics in the office environment. And, but they also, but we're, I think we're going to see a lot more biometrics um, being initiated into a lot of offices over the next, uh, over the next year. They also, they can, they can tend to be a little bit uh, faulty when it comes to inclement weather, um, you know, dust and, and humidity and um, also fingerprints, which can run the risk of creating hygiene issues, you know, with, with biometrics. So there is certain uh, issues with them as, as you kind of delve into them. They generally kind of, they generally kind of um, are uh, most most people would be aware of them when it comes to the different types. Would be facial recognition, um, uh, eye or iris recognition, um, fingerprint recognition, or the one that seems to be getting a huge amount of. of um, uh, kind of uh, presence within the, the industry at the minute is, is voice recognition. And like with the increased amount of COVID is putting on a lot of these systems, uh, voice recognition I think we'll see a huge kind of uh, influx in demand over the next um, couple of months. The, uh, the second kind of area of these systems is, is card-based systems. And they, in, the, in that way, they, um, they themselves are also divided into two a little bit as well. And it's uh, what, you know, for a lot of us, these will sound very familiar. Like, I mean, it's the RFID cards and FOBs, FID cards and FOBs, or the magnetic strip cards. And um, the RFID cards, they, they've been a very popular choice within office environments for access control because really they, they've been, they're relatively cheap. And the underlying technology within these key cards or FOBs is, um, like I said, an RFID. And RFID stands for a radio frequency identification. Then within this, again, for the RFID cards and FOBs, they, you know, there's either proximity cards or we've got con contactless smart cards. But we won't delve too much into those. But um, the other side of the cards, we have magnetic strip cards, and these are exactly what they sound like. I mean, they, it's the same technology that you have with your, your credit cards, which is you know a magnetic strip store which stores data and it's able to be read by a sweet card reader. 
Okay, however, swipe cards, you know, they are still considered to kind of a little bit less secure than the uh, RFID cards because they're not usually encrypted, and they um, they have a tendency, or sorry, they, they have their perception that they can be cloned uh, a little bit easier, can be cloned uh, a little bit easier. The the third type is remote access systems, and these are doors or entry systems that are accessed remotely using generally a, a smartphone or possibly a laptop or, or, or a tablet. So what it is is your smartphone application uh, uses mobile credentials to unlock different doorways or pathways. The user generally installs like an access control, like an access control uh, mobile app on your smart uh, on your phone. You log in and then as you approach the reader, and then what you do is you know to unlock the door you just either press the button on your phone or either you tap your phone towards the uh, to, towards the reader and, the, uh, and it will gain gain entry. And th these are really the, the, the three main types of, of um, uh, keyless entry or, or, or uh, touchless access systems that are available in the marketplace at the minute. And James, have you seen an increase in the utilization of these systems since the onset of COVID-19? Well, in a current environment, um, employers in, in all industries are seeking practical guidance on how to address workplace illness and, and infectious disease concerns. So in ensuring that they provide a, a safe workplace for their employees, employers must take into consideration you know, a, a number or a multitude of scenarios where their employees could be at risk once they return to work. And you know, there's this whole concept of, of healthy workplaces, which is getting a lot of traction over the last year. You know, and they're no longer simply about designing open staircases to encourage movement that can you know, boost wellness or productivity for the people inside. Rather, they must, you know, they initiate interventions and that are focused on, on you know, the, on via the disease transmission or the risk of disease transmission. So, you know, with that, you know, one of the main concerns is obviously entry in and out of, of, of workspaces in, in office buildings. And so, you know, which could give because of could give rise to the possibility of spreading the virus. So, we're definitely seeing a big increase in demand. Uh, pre pre COVID. You know, offices were trying to evolve into accommodating more flexible working conditions where businesses, you know, they needed to provide next generation security with, with fast and, and reliable access control. And, you know, what, what, what happened before, even before uh, COVID struck, we had, you know, we found that there was an awful lot of really good solutions that were coming through that were, you know, increasing worker satisfaction and, you know, keeping employees safe and then really, you know, being able to effectively manage a number of different various risks that uh, when it comes to the security of a building. Then, you know, we also want to think, you know, because of that, the demand for, for, for people trying to eliminate this risk or trying to, you know, encourage people to come back to the office, you know, plus with the, um, um, you know, issues with the conventional entry systems, then, you know, also complemented by, you know, continuous innovations in technology. I think all of these have led to, you know, uh, an, an increase in demand for these types of systems. The benefits of this technology are clear. Are there any downsides? The main issue for me, I think, at the minute, but this will change over the course of time, is, is definitely cost. And it's definitely hampered the growth and the, uh, the, uh, the adoption of these systems because there can be quite a high, quite a high cost associated with these products. So, you know, um, that's definitely a, one of the, the, the biggest hindrances in, in, in the technology advancing or being adopted. But not only an, a high initial cost of initiating the systems within place, but it can also be a high replacement cost for the systems. And that can be a little bit daunting for a lot of people to, to take on board. Um, also, you know, some other small issues that have, tend to happen, you know, people, key cards and key fobs, you know, they tend to be easily lost or stolen. So, you know, that, that, that can itself create a, a security risk, which is never, never a good thing. And then, you know, the, the big one that has taken place was, you know, whether or not these, a lot of these cards were secure. 
you know, so it's preventing the uh, but new technology is, is coming into place where I mean, it's not make, it's making it much much harder to allow these uh, these cards to be to be cloned, and that in itself I mean has become is, is generating far more secure systems in place as well, and they're probably the the, the three or four main issues that are uh, out there at the minute with these systems. So James, what are the factors to consider when implementing an access system for the building? I think. Um, when implementing a new system, there you know there's a number of factors to consider, but I think paramount at the minute, in, in light of the, the circumstances the, the world is faced with, safety has to be has to be number one. And you know keyless entry or has to you know it's often been a, a nice to have in the past within an office. But however, I think in the workplace now with uh, workers' health at stake, touchless doors or uh, touchless entry systems, you know, need to be a need to have as much as anything. Um, on top of that, security, uh, you know, is, is paramount as well. Like I mean. The, the hardware it must be tamper-proof, and you know the software should be updated routinely and protected against all sorts of potential um, vulnerabilities that uh, you know that could be out there in the place. You know, be it the cards been able to be copied or to be cloned. Um, I think you know other aspects to think about is definitely user experience, and that's on both sides of the fence. So, you know, not only the user of the you know employees within the building, but also the administrators. You know, these systems have to be able to be convenient for both parties. Otherwise, you know, if people find it difficult, they're just not going to adopt them in the same way. Uh, you'd also like to see that they're, they're reliable, you know, that they have a proven track record of, you know, be it server uptime or consistent unlocking experience. And, you know, there's no real major issues um, in, let's say, it, weather doesn't affect them. And I know that sounds silly, but, you know, across the U.S., there's a number of different parts that are open to extreme and weather conditions and you have to make sure that these uh, these systems works you know in very very cold temperatures as well as very hot temperatures um, flexibility is another one you know the system should allow the user to configure the um, the uh, you know um, each doorway and, and each entrance you know as, as, as they as is necessary because so you know certain doors will only be accessible to certain individuals who have been um, who've been Forgive me for this. Um, certain, you know, um, uh, in order to meet, like, let's say, security requirements, it's really ideal to have, you know, um, a number of different authentication factors uh, for, for all of the different doorways and access systems within a building. And then finally, um, I would say cost is definitely a, is, is, is a big thing to consider as well. And I mentioned this before, but, you know, most, I think, uh, access systems, you know, they can range from, you know, thousand to you know up to four thousand uh, dollars per door for for the hardware installation so this you know it, it can be quite a, an, an expensive um, uh, system to put in place so you want to make sure that you have the right one and that you're you're looking at this you know from a very uh, long-term view that you know, these are the right systems that, that can be initiated through all of the other systems you have in place within your office environment thank you so much for your time James and a programming note, this episode closes out season one of our From the Frontlines podcast, where we've examined the various impacts of COVID-19 on the real estate management industry. We'll return in the fall with season two. Please continue to visit iroam.org, where you'll find our page dedicated to providing updates and resources to support real estate managers in making informed decisions during this time. That's irem.org.